Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. You know David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, relationships. And today we might be talking about sex toys as well. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So are you curious but cautious when it comes to exploring new sex toys? Are you worried about being caught with sex toys in your room? Maybe you need a vibrator that hides in plain sight. Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking with the creator of the vibrating teddy bear that's also a sex toy. And we're going to find out how women's sexual expression can blossom when the sexual exploration is paced appropriately. Sometimes that means using sex toys that may not look like sex toys. You're going to love this. But first, we're going to take a moment and tell you all about our top waterproof blanket because everybody could should continue to have great sex now more than ever. But if you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, you just have to throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave the house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does today's show. We are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we are excited to welcome today's special guest. Sex educator Dr. Wendy Adams is the creator of the sex toy, Teddy Love Bear, and has established a website dedicated to sexual pleasure called teddyloveadulttoys.com absolutely this is one of those shows where you need to stay tuned right to the end because we got some good stuff coming up in our great sex matter segment so uh, dr wendy adams welcome to the sexy lifestyle thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be here and talk about everything sexy thank you for having me today Wow. So much has changed since the COVID has been around. How has it affected your relationship and your sex life? Well, of course, you know, if you're trying to meet up with other people, it's, uh, travel is difficult with, you know, the airline industry. And it's difficult to go to hotels at this point still. So you have to use your imagination. And there's a lot of uh, telesex going on, I believe. <laughs> are you having telesex with your husband or are you doing the real skin on skin? Well, of course, you know, we're a couple, so we have a relationship and we have sex in, in our bedroom. But if you're going to go play with other couples, you're going to have to probably do that virtually. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Which and is fun. That's fun, too, though. It certainly can, because with the change that's going on, it just means it's a, a novel approach to something new. And, of course, the lifestyle is all about novelty and, and excitement and trying new things. So it's just one more thing to check off your box. But have you found that your sex life with your husband um, has gotten more interesting? Have you been doing role-playing, or have you just been doing the same old, same old? 
No, of course, you know, since we're sort of isolated and we do telesex with another couple, we explore a lot of different products now that we're home alone. <laughs> and so we have a plethora of products on our website, you know, different vibrators and different BDSM products. And uh, it's fun. We can, I can use anything I myself that I use, I can use with my husband. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool because he, he's open to, to vibrators on himself. So I'll use a vibrator on his balls and penis. And while I'm giving him head, he loves that. Mm-hmm. And by his anus, you know, it brings another level of sensuality into the relationship when you could bring toys and you're open to uh, having toys used on both partners. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fun to explore and try new things. But tell us a little bit about how or how you got into this whole industry of sexual pleasure. <laughs> well, it's pretty ironic. Uh, my husband and I were married over 20 years and I invented the sex toy. And that really swung us into the underground world of sexuality. We were able to learn. It was really pretty exciting because we were able to learn this whole new industry, which um, I had not been aware of because we were a vanilla couple. And so through the, um, you know, through the invention of Teddy Love, the bear that we invented, uh, we were able to really understand. We were exploring and understanding at the same time. And, and uh, really was fun because I had never heard of half of the things that we um, really learned about. And that was like, uh, like the furries, people that play with, their, you know, that they get dressed up in an animal, a uh, furry animal um, Costume, outfit. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and that like ballooning and, and really BDSM. I had not been exposed to that at all. Um, swinging, you name it. We were, we were thrust into the whole industry. And I was pretty amazed by the fact that, you know, we, we met a lot of porn stars and we had Brittany Amber, who was our, our spokesperson, which is amazingly beautiful. But what surprised me was, you know, these people are business people. I thought, I, I guess I had a negative connotation of what pornography, real, the, the people in the porn industry were like, but they're basically really smart business people. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was really pleasantly surprised by that. But it was so interesting to learn all these different things like femdom. I never knew what that was, you know, so, and, and. It was like uh, a kid in a candy shop because I had not been exposed to any of it. And it was so fun to learn. It really was. It absolutely is. We love learning. Of course, with our show every single week, we're talking with different types of experts on different aspects of sexuality. So we've been learning so much in these last three and a half years since we've been doing our radio show. It is a whole lot of fun. And so for the industry itself, which now you've made a business out of the sexuality industry, that's where you learned a whole lot too, right? And, And how difficult it is to have a business in the sexuality industry yeah there's a there's oh my god and there it's so competitive and there's a lot of different channels that you can distribute your products in and that was my huge learning uh, and i have a doctorate you know and i have an undergrad and and mba in business but when we launched the product i was really amazed at how quickly the product went global mm-hmm. we had sales all over the world we had distributors in europe and I just, I couldn't believe how people all over the world, like quickly enhanced the product. I mean, I mean, uh, embrace the product and, and purchase it. 
And it was because of the internet and social media that really drove the behaviors around the world. So, wow. so before so it was we, fascinating. so before we get into talking about the Teddy Love Bear that you've made, let's just talk a little bit about masturbation, self pleasuring, self love, and um, you know, do a lot of people do it out there? Is it something that needs to be done? Well, masturbation is just a natural human experience, and what's what I found with the bear is that there's a lot of people out there that are threatened by uh, a woman having a, a vibrator in a relationship. In fact, I've had people say to me, well, that's my job. That's going to displace me. And, and I say, no, 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 that, that's not the case. It's a product that will be used by both the couple, you know, both people in the couple. You can both experience it. You can both use it. You can both use it as um, foreplay. You know, and then, of course, you know, if you're too tired, one person can masturbate and then the other one can, you know, you can do mutual masturbation with it. But it's a really great way to relieve stress, release endorphins and dopamine. And I think it's it's really just something that um, if you're in a couple, if you're starting to be in a relationship, you should really broach the subject right up front. So that it's a natural part of the relationship. I had someone, uh, one of my friends actually, that had gotten divorced and started a new relationship. And she, she, I said, you know, bring in her previous, in her marriage, she wasn't allowed to have a vibrator. And the guy didn't want to have sex a lot of times. So that leaves you very sexually frustrated. So what I, so I, I gave her a vibrator and I said, here, use it and make sure it's part of the relationship up front. Mm -hmm. So it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's normalized. And so that they accept it. If you're going to accept me, you're going to accept the fact that I have a vibrator. Right. And then use it with him. Right. Use it with him as well. So now she's she's pregnant. They're getting married. And and five years later, she's in a very healthy sexual relationship with her her new partner. Beautiful. And And it wouldn't have happened. I don't think it would have happened if she didn't make that a normal part of the relationship. So it's important for women to to really take a stand and not be intimidated by a spouse that's, you know, uh, thinking that the vibrator is going to replace them. It just. It actually makes for a happier marriage. There's less likelihood that you'll have sexual relationships outside of the marriage without the partner knowing Mm -hmm. if you're satisfied using a vibrator, right? It just It's very very interesting what you say because Carol and I, like you and your husband, we're swingers and we love foursomes and moresomes. And um, even when we're in an orgy, we love including sex toys and it just makes the interaction and the sexual play so much more fun and you know when you're there with four people and there's a cock and a pussy and someone says hey get a vibrator and you put the vibrator in a pussy and something in an ass and it, it just makes the dynamic so much different and then carol and i i mean we have been using toys forever just in our own couple and, you know, right. sometimes we lie on the bed and Carol takes out her womanizer and I take out um, maybe the pivot or something, something like that. And we just sit there and we watch each other masturbate and we get each other turned on. And sometimes, you know, I'll come on her tits or she'll say come in my mouth. And it's not about fucking. It's just about self-pleasuring. And it's just a different aspect of playing with toys. And there's no. Um, jealousy that mm-hmm. w- that w- one person is not going to need the other person because the toy is doing the job. Right. And so, you know, if you're tired, it takes a lot of energy to have an orgasm. So if you're that exhausted, 
you could just use your your toys and come and relax and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not every night, right? So you want that you want that interaction, but it's it's a great way to keep your relationship fresh and explore new things. It's um, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Mm-hmm. So no, for sure. women really need to. Yeah, women need to be a little bit more assertive. I've heard from many women that are like, well, and I've had guys even say, it at, you know, if I have a booth at a, at a show, oh, no, that's my job. Oh, no, this is too too um, human-like, you know, <laughs> even right. though I have I know, and so... Yeah, so it's not part of a normal conversation that I have with my girlfriends who are vanilla, but it really should be. We should be able to talk about how we masturbated or what toys we used to masturbate. There shouldn't be the shame and stigma surrounding masturbation that there is today. No. Uh, in this day and age, it should be very normalized. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Tell us now, about how you got into your bear and how you how you developed the bear. Well, we, my husband and I and my, my daughter uh, were up in our house in New England, and it was snowy, and my husband was putting my daughter to sleep, and I was downstairs with one of her bears, and I had a blanket over me, and it was, it was really, like, cozy, but the, the bear's nose hit my, my nipple, and I was like, oh, that feels kind of nice, but then I started taking the, the bear's nose and, like, rubbing it on my clit. And my husband came down. He goes, what are you doing? And I go, oh, wow, this is so fun. And we started rolling around on the floor with the bear and like kind of <laughs> playing around. And, and I said, you know, if this uh, bear had a, a motor in its muzzle, it would be a really great sex toy. And he's like, wow, yeah, you're right. And it, we, he went and got an engineer to develop the prototypes. And w- that's it. We, we moved forward with developing wow. the bear and distributing the bear. And what does your daughter think about it today? Does your daughter know that story? Uh, no, my daughter does not know that story. <laughs> but I had, you know, it was, it was interesting because we had to keep it. My daughter was young at the time. My son's ten years older, so it didn't really matter with him. But um, my son was embarrassed, and my daughter—I don't know—all of her friends know about it now, and they—they—they they, uh, they think it's the best thing and so cool. Oh, great! But. I had to keep it like under wraps for a lo- years because she was young and that would have been just, you know, people wouldn't understand that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how does you it know, work? They wouldn't let their kids come and play. How does the bear work? So, so there's a, a main battery pack in its back. You pull it out, you turn the main switch on. You could always have it on, but there's uh, batteries that go into this little battery pack. And then um, you turn the bear. If you're facing the bear outwards, you there's a little nub on the right ear, and you, you hit it. You, like, squeeze it. And then on the left ear, there's uh, another nub that moves the speeds up and down. There's 10 speeds, 5 or 6, 5 or variable. And uh, it's really powerful. That tongue is in there. There's a tongue on the muzzle, too. And uh, I've used the bear, and I actually had 10 orgasms one day Wow! when I used it by myself. So I, I know how well it works. Mm-hmm. It really works well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, for, for couples, like for even single people, you can leave the bear up on your bed, and it looks it blends in. So And it comes with different outfits, so you don't even know it's a vibrator. And then you can cuddle it afterwards. And, you know, you can't do that with a regular bear. So that's why the product um, was nominated for six Product of the Year awards from AVN and Xbiz because it's so different and so unique, yet has huge u- utility. 
So we have we have one sitting in front of us over here. Um, I told Carol she should use it during the show, <laughs> but you used it, hon. What did you think? Yeah, you know what? I really enjoyed it. One of the things that I was surprised at because the tongue is sticking out, kind of like he's poking your tongue out. And I thought at first that it was going to be, I don't know, not in, not in the right spot or or too too long and I, I was touching it thinking well maybe it should move but it's actually quite firm but when I was using it and it was like exactly in the right spot and I'm telling you I had an orgasm within it I think I don't know a minute or two right yeah it's yeah. actually in the right spot the nose is just right for being on the clit and the and the little tongue sticking out you can move it around and you can stimulate inside the lips and and into the vagina itself and no it's actually it was really really in, in, impressive Impressive the the structure yeah. the way the, and the strength and the power yeah exactly oh the power is really it is very powerful but on the lighter settings it kind of gets you going and then you can increase the power now the other thing with the bear is you can put it in different positions right so if you're if you lay it flat on its back you could straddle it mm-hmm. and sit on its face you know or you could lay back in bed and just have it there hands free to play with your husband or partner and then guys like it too. You can put the bear on near the scrotum and down below by the taint and the anus while you're giving him head. Right. So try yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. He could be almost sitting on it as well you know, while you're sucking his cock. After right? the yeah. show, we're going to try that. <laughs> Are you ready for that? Bear? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wants his turn. So now. it's fun. Cause you can put it in different you could you could really get him going and you could get yourself going so it's meant as a couple's toy you know and it's meant for both men and women which is nice and like i said you could have different outfits and i'll tell you there's other utilities for the bear other than sexual you know there's a lot of data that shows uh, vibration therapy helps with a lot of physical ailments and uh you know so we're trying to launch in that realm too but you know sexually this is a unique product and it's it's nice because you can cuddle it yeah right you can cuddle it you can hold it and he's super super cute cute. yes yeah very cute i'm just gonna ask you to hold that thought for a second so while we remind everybody that this is a sexy lifestyle uh we are carol and david and we're talking with dr wendy adam from teddy love adult toys all about exploring sexuality and about the teddy love bear and having a happy and healthy sex life we'll be right back after this Lube, lube, lube. You know we're always talking about lube and how we use lube every time we play because it makes our sex better, hotter, and longer lasting. Well, we want to make sure you're using lube too. And not just any lube. We all know that there's many types of lube out there. You have to pick wisely. Earlier this year, we discovered a new lube and it's become our go-to favorite. It's Promescent Organic Lube. And wow, what a game changer. For me, the most important aspect is that it's tasteless because you all know how much I love to suck cock and I always start off with a handful of lube to get things going, you know what I mean. So it needs to be smooth and silky and tasteless. Mm, And it feels so good on my clit and pussy too. Yeah, and it keeps us going and going while we keep coming and coming. Mm, We love that. And it's safe for toys and condoms as well. And we know you want better sex too. So go to thesexylifestyle.com for more information about Promescent Organic Lube along with their full range of other sexual health and wellness products. And simply order yours today because great sex matters and we all deserve it. 
All right, we're back. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are having a great chat with Dr. Wendy Adams, and we're going to continue our discussions and get into some kink, some fetishes, and how to spice it up. Yeah, and with COVID out there, as we talked earlier, it's very important to keep your sex life uh, in the front and that you want to make sure that you don't forget about it because even when there's kids and family in the area um, who you're maybe not used to having them because now they're not home, they're home from school and they're doing everything online, we have to make sure that our couple stays strong and it stays, I guess, um, spicy and interesting, interesting right. and new and the novelty of it Exciting. all. Um, so let's talk about a couple ways that we can spice up our sex life during COVID. What are some suggestions that you have, Dr. Wendy? Let's start with anal play. Oh, okay. Let's start with that topic. <laughs> well, you know, anal play isn't for everybody, but there are nerve endings in the anus and around the anus that, if, if delicately approached, can really be stimulating. And so I, the best advice I have is if nobody, if somebody has not been uh, exploring their anal area, just be very gentle and careful so that you get people kind of um, ease them into it is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So some, some, you know, and I, I think a lot of guys have this stigma like, oh, if I, you know, show that I like to have a vibrator in my ass, then I'm gay. And that's not really the case. You know, guys love to have their their asses played with. We have a great product. It's a prostate massager. Mm-hmm. And, oh, mm-hmm. Everyone I've ever used that on just absolutely loves it if you're giving them head or playing with them, you know. And and so for guys, you know, the stigma's there, but I think if you ease someone into it and gently use lube and get them going that way, eventually you'll be able to shove an entire dildo up their ass. <laughs> so, but of course, use, use uh, lube. Use lube. That's the most you know, and beneficial th- thing I could say. And I think there's special lube for anal play as well. It's thicker and more viscous, and it stays longer. Yeah, yeah. And so for women, like, I'm not the type that likes my um, anus played with, but there are certainly women I know that have had orgasms just from having sex anally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's possible too. You know, of course, make sure... You use a lot of blue, but also um, they say to use an enema with just warm water. So for both men and women, use you don't use the enema material, but just use warm water in the enema mm-hmm. prior to playing, you know, that way. So that's a fun orifice that a lot of people don't explore because of the stigma. But I, I'm certainly aware of a lot of people that have had orgasms just with anal play. Right. And if you haven't tried it, you might want to bring up the discussion with your partner. Uh, make sure you're both consensual if, or, or how far you want to go. And even if you say, well, I just want to try it, just remember, like you were saying, using a lot of lube. And know that there's two sphincters. Actually, the external sphincter, which we all know, you know, we can see it, uh, is very tight. Um, tight circular muscles that that keep it closed but as you open that and that relaxes and there's a small canal there's a second sphincter that then you have to kind of do the same thing again and ease that one open and you have to learn how to relax those two sphincters so that you can enjoy anal play without pain and remember don't use any desensitizing type materials because you need to feel all the sensation in case you um, go a little bit too fast or a little bit too hard you want to be able to know that uh, and tell your partner that what you're feeling if it's pleasurable or not. So don't use any desensitizing lubes which are out there. It's a fun, you know, there's a lot of different products that can help with the experience. So you just have to explore. I know, you know, strap on guys, 
like to have uh, strap-ons used with them and, and you know, kind of reverse it. Mm-hmm. So a woman's fucking a guy mm-hmm. instead of the guy fucking a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun, too, with role-playing. And there's, there's you know, the whole world um, experiences things differently. So you just have to be open right. to exploring different things. That's, that's, the, that's the trick. It's can't, you can't be rigid and say, no, never. You know, if you're relaxed enough and you have enough lube and maybe some drinks in you, maybe you smoke a, a joint or something, and you're really, really relaxed, you're, you will be more open and um, the, the experience will be more pleasurable that way. Right. And even if you just start with rimming, you know, with your fingers, two fingers or three fingers rubbing around the anus on the outside and rimming it or with your tongue um, getting right in there. Um, yeah. There's lots of different ways to try new things with the anus. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh, an, just another place of your body, an area of your body that you can explore. That's fun. So you were talking about exploring and trying new things. Let's talk about some new sexual positions that people can try as well. <laughs> well, I tell you, I there was a, a club in New York. It was a swingers club in New York City that had this outstanding chair. In fact, they closed and they wanted to buy the chair. It's this oral sex chair where someone can, um, It's not. they're not laying flat. They're in an inclined position. But your let your knees are up and um, elevated, mm-hmm. and then there's like a kneeling, like a kneeling step for someone to just be right in front of your your crotch, and it's so comfortable for everyone. It's like no one, you know, you're not going to get a neck ache, you know, for the person that's giving or not giving. Um, you're not going to get hurt, you know. I mean, it's just so comfortable. And uh, there's all these different types of furniture out there, swings. I, I mean, there's. If you Google search any, um, you know, anything regarding sex, you're going to be amazed by how many things pop up. And so, you know, there's also like um, the, these kind of blocks that you can put together if you're in a group and it kind of helps with uh, positioning. So everybody's comfortable. And so those position, those, those fur- types of furniture will help, you know, get you into different positions. I think the days of the old missionary style are pretty done. Yeah, exactly. Well, well what are some things you know, people old... what are some things people can use that they have in their house without like some of this furniture is relatively expensive. I know Carol likes using some pillows. What are, what are some things we can use from our house that'll make having sex a different like you said, you know, getting away from the missionary position? Yeah, I I mean I like pillows too. You can prop up your your back, you know, to give the angle for oral sex really good or if you're doing anal sex you can use prop your your body up you know using pillows you know i i, I say like try different rooms in your house because maybe the kitchen table might be a place that is not just for dinner but it's also for dessert sure um and you can use different yeah so you know try different areas of the house so it stays exciting you know maybe go in the car like you can go into your car in the driveway when no one's looking and try to, you know, get in the back seat and try to fool around that way. It just brings like some spice and life back into the relationship if you've been together a long time. And make it fun. Like you even, know, do a head, have, even do a headstand or something and yeah. open your legs wide and, and try to have oral sex that way and or have him eat your pussy and, or, or suck a cock while you're doing it. Just have fun with it, right? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I used to be able to do handstands. I don't know. I haven't tried one in a while. But <laughs> if you're good at, like, uh, standing on your hands, definitely try that one. 
we just had a friend who came over and what she wanted was she wanted to do a handstand and while she was doing the handstand she was sucking her husband's cock and I was holding her legs and eating her pussy at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was hot. It sounds fun. A little bit of gymnastics but it was hot. <laughs> it was good and she loved it because wow. I, licked, I licked from her pussy to her anus and back and she was like squirming there while she was sucking a cock and in the end and standing on her head <laughs> and in the end he came all over her tits and the tits and the cum went from her tits into her mouth and she licked it up it was a very hot uh, yeah. little place it was had. a fantasy she had <laughs> but she just needed an extra pair of hands to help her stabilize <laughs> how fun that sounds fun yeah and you know they have all these um other products like to hang from doors from mm-hmm. your door mm-hmm. so you've got You've got a lot, um, you know, at your fingertips, and I, I actually like the the um, BDSM furniture because you know the the cross. You've got all these different products that can really help um, enhance that sexual experience. You know, maybe you want to stand on your hands, but maybe you need some support, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so absolutely. you need like a, like a harness to hold you. And it wouldn't hurt to watch Fifty Shades of Grey again just to get some ideas of what you need to spice it up a little bit. I know it's not a complete representation of the fetish community, but it certainly uh, gives you some ideas to work with. Or or nine and a half weeks. Yeah. That's an old uh, one to bring up and talk about sex, sensuality, and eroticism. But, um, Dr. Wendy, let's chat a little bit about porn. Um, Everybody in this world has, because of COVID, um, I think, spent a little bit more time watching porn. We know it's entertainment and not educational. But how could people include porn in their sexual life? Well, again, porn is a natural thing. I know there's also a stigma like, you know, if someone's a sexual addict and that's all they're doing all day and night is watching porn and going on with webcam models. But, you know, there's a huge industry out there with porn. And like I said, these are like, these are, these are very intelligent women. They're using their bodies as vehicles for their business, but they're actually running their own businesses. A lot of webcam models, you know, are business people. We've met many and there there is nothing wrong with porn there's nothing wrong with watching it as a couple it really is a great way to start let's say you're having a dry spell or you're in COVID and you're like oh we need something new whip out some videos or go online and get some porn going it really is a way to stimulate eroticism and initiate really uh the discussion maybe you know, you've been thinking about having sex with other people or a threesome and you really want to do it. But, you know, you can use porn as a way to even broach the subject with your partner. So it's, it's a very healthy thing to do as a couple to look at porn. You know, if there's um, threesomes going on, that's a really fun way to, to bring up the subject matter with your spouse. And, and it could be just a fantasy, but maybe it's something that you really want to try. And uh, that that's a gateway for the conversation to, and to and start. And let's remind everyone that porn stars are professionals. And a lot of the things that you see on porn that they do and the hard cocks that last for two hours for the whole movie and the women who squirt gallons and gallons, um, a lot of it is just for entertainment. It's like watching Fast and the Furious. It's like watching some sci-fi movies. It's made to get you titillated. It's made to get you turned on. And a lot of this stuff you cannot recreate at home because... 
Um, well, it's just not representative of real world sex. Right. And you can't edit your real world sex. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, use it as, as like you said, fodder for thought to bring up discussions, to try different things. But you, you, you're not going to be a porn star like you see on the edited videos that are made for entertainment. And that is so true that most of us don't have bodies like a porn mm-hmm. star. You know, Brittany Amber's body, she must weigh at like 110 pounds or 115 pounds. And she's her body's perfect. You know, the rest of us, we have blemishes. We have scars. We have cellulite. You know, we have different, different types of bodies. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. If you ever go to like Hedo, I know you guys have down in Jamaica, you know, people are walking around all shapes and sizes. If you think you're too big, there's someone bigger. If you think you're too small, someone smaller. You know, if you think you have too many scars well, or too many tattoos, somebody else has more. So it just, it's so nice. I, I, what I loved about Hito was everyone is, is different and no one cares. Right. And there's, no one cares what you look like. And there's compatible people for everyone. So whatever you're looking for, there is a compatible person out there who can, I'm sure, fulfill your yeah. fantasy. Yeah. And, and you know, you may not, um, maybe you haven't explored um, same-sex sex, right? Uh, and that's a great way to, to bring it up, you know, with porn. And also, if you go to Hedo, there's someone out there that can bring you into it. Right. They could mm-hmm. they could uh, they could enter your 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 relationship very nonchalantly and non threatening like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that might be a way for you to explore that. And there's also other things out there that could spice things up like fetishes. I mean, I know we're going to switch the topic a little bit here from being spicing up your sex life to to getting into fetishes. Can you tell us what exactly a fetish is? How would you define it? It's really like a a way for someone to explore something that's different. And sometimes people fixate on it and that's what they focus on. So for instance, there's the um there's this community called the Littles and these people dress up like babies. And they it's interesting. They they um they have high chairs made for adults, they have play pens made for adults like adult size they have you know baby carriages adult size and it's so it's actually fun to watch them they play like little kids but then it's that's arousing to them they they even go to the bathroom they go to the bathroom in their diapers too but this is how they this is how they get off sexually yeah so and then they have a dad sometimes they have a daddy you know and they play the baby and they have um pacifiers and bottles and i i just I really like giggled and laughed when I saw them playing because it reminds you of, you know, when you were a baby or a little toddler and there's different ages that they're set at. Um, so that's a fetish, you know, they're fixated on doing that to get aroused. Just like the furries are a group that, you know, dress up in animal costumes and play around in these furry outfits. Mm-hmm. So- you know, that's a fetish. That's something that like a normal person quote unquote normal average Joe isn't going to go around in a baby outfit or a furry outfit but but for this fetish it's exciting for them but besides so besides really these communities what type through, what, what type of fetishes do people have maybe within their own couple well I mean even if you look at BDSM that's a fetish mm-hmm. right so like I love 
to flog and I love to be flogged and I don't like um, I don't like to be hurt or whipped or anything like that, but I do enjoy flogging. Flogging, if you have a big enough flogger, produces a thud, you know, like a pounding. Right. And the first time I ever got flogged, I actually was very close to having an orgasm. Mm. I was on a cross and somebody started flogging me, and it was like a thud, 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 and I was like, Whoosh. I, I was sweating when I got off the cross, and I was so aroused that my husband and I had to leave where we were and go have sex real quick because I was so aroused from it, you know? So there's, there's different um, things that couples can do fetish wise. You know, if you like feathers, you can do feathering. There's ballooning. People like to, they get off on balloons or clowning. Mm -hmm. You dress up like a clown. There's, there's something for everyone to explore. It's not, it's an infinite really. If you could create, if you think of something that you really like, you could create a whole community based on that. Mm-hmm. And some people have a foot fetish where they want to lick and suck toes. And, and when they look at feet, then they get aroused by looking at feet. There's a foot fetish. There's, there's a heel fetish where people want to have high, they, when they see high heels, they get so turned on. There's lots of things you can have a fetish with that are, that you, like you said, you fixate on. It's funny that you said heels. I was at a, a dungeon and this guy was, uh, from Syria, but he, he, he had a pillow and he kept putting the pillow down on the ground and he would lay his head on the pillow. And he said to me, I was wearing high heels. He said, step on my throat Ooh. with your high heel. Ooh. And I was like, to me, that seemed too dangerous. Like, I think I would have killed him. Right. So I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but if somebody did do it. And uh-huh. he, I just stood over him. I didn't have any underwear on. I just stood over him and strat- so he could look up my skirt. But I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I, to me, that was too dangerous. I thought I would crush his windpipe, you but know. Did, so he somebody got did it. He okay. Was, and that, that made yeah, him sexually yeah, aroused got, by being stepped on. By stepping on his throat with high heels. Wow. So, you know. Um, I was like, I said to him, what happened to you? Like, why, why, why does that arouse you? And he just smiled, you know, so Mm -hmm. some, I don't know, something must, I don't know what, what, how that turned him on, but it did. And I don't know how it started, you know, but there's always, um, like I said, there's a fetish and a something for everyone out there that could turn you on, you know, it could be something like as simple as a hairbrush, Maybe right. a hairbrush. You sure. like to be spanked with a hairbrush. Yeah. Right. And when you have these ideas that you Not might want, most people wanna, wouldn't want that. Right. When you have these ideas that uh, <laughs> you know, perhaps you do want to be spanked with a hairbrush. How do you bring it up with your partner uh, without? I'm going to say without feeling strange or weird when you have these fetishes. Like you have to ease people into it. You know, I think I'll tell you what happened with my husband and I after we invented the product. I had, I had not ever been, you know, and um, uh, I had never had sex with a woman before. And so what he did was he said, let's go to, um, you know, strip club. We were in Las Vegas at a show, you know, with our product. And, and I said, no, no, I'm not too comfortable. He goes, come on, we'll just go. So we went and then he got a private lap dance and I'm like, oh my God, that was so exciting mm-hmm. for me, you know? And, and so he kind of eased me into it. He eased me. We, I mean, it was something we were talking about watching porn. It was just a fantasy, but um, it was, it was, uh, he, he had to ease me into it. And I think maybe, you know, if you, if you like hair, you know, you want to try hairbrushes, then you start with like some kinky porn. 
mm-hmm. or go to the, I, I like seeing couples when they go to uh, sex stores as a couple, they're walking around and exploring things together, mm-hmm. you know, and they go and buy things together. So again, it's normalizing experimentation. And, and I think things. that you have to ease people into it. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to scare people, you know, like all of a sudden, like, oh, you want to be whipped, right? But you, if you ease somebody into it and it's less intimidating, then if you're first dating someone, say, hey, I like whips and chains. And they're looking at you like, uh-oh, yeah. what did I get myself into uh-huh. here, you know? And, and the other thing is if you are, like, into swinging or into the BDSM community, you really should try to – um, meet people that are also in that community because mm-hmm. they're already desensitized to it. So that life is a good website to join. Um, there's a femdom community. There's, there's swingers communities, right? Like bliss cruises. Sure. If you go on a bliss cruise, you'll know automatically, Oh, people here swing. Mm-hmm. So it's, so if you want to try it, it's everybody's going to be open to it. They're not going to be rejecting you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. This is all great. Uh, Listen, we're just going to take a break here. Remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're having an amazing discussion here with Dr. Wendy. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. All right. Before we get into our Great Sex Matters, we're going to tell you all about hedonism. They have reopened on July 1st, and there's a lot of sexy fun going on down there. And hopefully, uh, we'll get there in December when everything is going to not get back to normal, but be a little bit more normal, we hope. You know, they're going to be celebrating with their lowest rates of the year with all their sexy guests, some fantastic Caribbean food, and, of course, the sexy entertainment staff there led by Winston, and, of course, their award-winning kitchen staff. And we can't wait to get back and be naked on the beach. It's going to absolutely feel so amazing. Yeah, you just have to visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to stay informed about all the sexy, open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world. Absolutely. All right. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And as you know, we love getting down and dirty with our guests talking about their personal sex lives. And we're going to put Dr. Wendy on the stand here and ask her about her upbringing and uh, find out how you found your sexuality and at what age. Oh, boy. Wow. I'll tell you, um, I'm fortunate because my mother actually had a vibrator that that's how I learned about vibrator. Mm -hmm. There was a box in her room and my sister and I were like, what's this? And there were all these like she must have had like 20 attachments for this plug in vibrator. So, you know, I I thought, wow, that's pretty cool you know that's but, pretty cool that my mother has something like that but you knew what it um, was right away I had a, I actually yeah I knew what it was I don't know why how but I did and <laughs> okay. but I, I I actually had a, I had an electric toothbrush and that's what I started using Ooh. believe it or not it was yeah. pretty I'd wash it after I used it for my teeth but that's what I, I on top of my underwear yeah and I used that's how I started having orgasms and um I I I had a boy, I was naked with a boy when I was like nine. We thought we were having sex, but we we weren't. (laughs) So I started, you know, making out and having boyfriends pretty young. I lost my virginity when I was 13, which is kind of young. 
it, it, I, it was never, my family was always very open, you know, not, they didn't tell me about birth control, but they did, you know, they normal, they made it like a normal thing. Like, oh, sex is not dirty. It's, it's pleasurable. It's normal. It's good. It's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And, um, and that's, I teach that to my kids, you know, we have talks about it. My, my daughter and I have a very open relationship about, she talks to me about everything very and cool. including, including, you know, sex, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and vibrators and things like that. So I, I've always been horny as hell. And, uh, actually the first person I ever kissed was a girl. So mm-hmm. not made out with, but just like packed kiss. Yeah. So I don't know if I was always, you know, um, I wouldn't, I'm, I, you know, one of the questions you had asked me is, am I bisexual? And I say I'm hetero uh, flexible. Oh, there so you go. So if I'm in a, in a position, yeah, if I'm in a position where I can um, have an orgasm and there's a group of people and somebody wants to see me out, I'm not going to say no. Of course not. <laughs> Of course not. I wanted to ask you a question about when you lost your virginity at 13 years old. Tell me a little bit about the circumstance. Did you guys discuss it? Was it a planned event? Uh, Did it just happen automatically? And was it your idea or his idea? Wow. It it was so long ago. But um, the the guy that was my boyfriend at the time, I was 13, he was 18. And I was a virgin. Yeah, I was a virgin. And we had sex on my couch. My mother was working. I was in a single parent household. So she was working. No no one was home. And he didn't even realize that I was a virgin. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm a virgin. (laughs) I don't know why he didn't think I was a virgin, but I was. Um, I guess because I used to do gymnastics Mm -hmm. and splits. So maybe, you know, my, my hymen wasn't broken, but you know, I don't think it was discussed. It, it was just happened. It so just happened. did he ask you, do you and want? And you said yes. I think we were just making out and then it just evolved into gotcha. just doing okay. it. All right. Okay. I yeah. was just curious. Yeah. I was just curious like, because uh, yeah. of consent today. And I was just wondering if it was something that happened back then as well. But you were not against it, well, obviously. See, back then, no, back, back then, there wasn't, you know, statutory rape really per se. And there wasn't, you know, meet the Me Too movement. And there wasn't like, you have to ask for consent first. You know, things are different today. Right. Things have evolved into women have more say into what happens. I, I don't remember being, I wasn't raped. It wasn't, it was consensual. Um, well, I, I, I remember uh, when I... didn't I... know much about... Sorry, I remember yeah. when I lost my virginity, it was my idea. I wanted to have sex with the guy and I made sure he came with a condom and, you know, I was all ready for it. So I was just curious about your situation. So that was just kind of... Um, wow. How, yeah. how old were you? 15. How old were you, Carol? Yeah, how old were you? I was 15, 15. in grade 10. Yeah, but it was something we had talked about wow. and planned and I definitely wanted to do it. Yeah, and you probably felt you were in lo- felt that you were in love and that sort of thing. Yeah, mine... My situation wasn't, it was sort of, uh, it was consensual, but it wasn't planned. Hmm. And, and so, like, for women listening, if you're a virgin, you know, you have a lot of say into what yeah, happens. Sure. And uh, I'm trying to convey that to my daughter, who's only 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do it when you're ready, basically. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want her to do it when you're in love, when you have birth control. If you think you're going to do it, go on birth control. 
you know, um, always have him wear a condom, even if you are on birth control, you know, those sort of things. Right, right. My mom didn't have those those conversations with me back then. People didn't talk to their kids about no, it. My, about no, birth my control. mother neither. Back no, not so, yeah. so so let's so, let, yeah. let's move on to you know later on in your life and now um, we know you're into the alternative world of kink and the lifestyle how did you how did you get how, what was your journey into both those alternative lifestyles well again it, it was basically because of the launch of our product and we were trying to learn everything we could about every every different community uh, with the intention to sell the product, but also it was so fascinating to me that I really wanted to learn and embrace everything I, I was seeing. So, Wendy, tell us um, tell us about your like first said, like, t- tell us about your first swinging experience. How did that happen, and and who was there, and what was it like fucking a different cock or sucking a different cock? It was it was so fun. Okay, so the first time I actually swung, my husband and I swung, and the first time I was ever with a woman was we had a booth um, at a show, and after afterwards uh, we went. There was a an out. It was a hotel takeover, and we went outside to the pool, and it was everybody was naked, and I, we were just you know, floating around and we met all these people in the water, everybody's naked. And I don't, I was, um, somehow I ended up being on my back floating. I had a cock in both of my hands. Uh, women were, were sucking each tit. Somebody was kissing me. Somebody was on my pussy eating me out as I was floating and they're keeping me floating. And, that was my foray into the swinging lifestyle. Wow. And it was so memorable. It was so amazing. And it reminds me of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, that last scene in the Rocky Horror Picture Show when they're all in the water. It's just, it, it, it will remain in my memory, you know, just, you know, forever. And, and it was during that, um, during that time that we went into like a cabana and we swung with another couple after that. So I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. This is pretty exciting. Wow. So how did did you feel the first time you saw another woman sucking your husband's cock or him fucking her? I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. And in fact, that night we hooked up with another couple even after that happened. Was it that night or the next night? And so we swung with another couple. And I was like, that's the first time I ever, you know, um, licked somebody's tits. You know, I, it was just, uh, uh, it was so exciting. Now, uh, you can approach people in different ways, but during that pool, everybody was naked and it was like a free for all. <laughs> it was right. a free for all. <laughs> and it was funny. What this guy, um, this guy from Italy was like trying to suck everybody's cock that he saw. And he, it was this black guy was sitting on the edge of the pool. And the Italian guy swam under the water and then popped up and then started sucking the black guy's dick. And he was like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> and you could tell he was, he had never had a guy suck his dick before. Cause he was like, he was really aroused, but he was like, uh, uh, uh. And then he ran away, you know, like <laughs> he ran away. And like three years later, I saw the black guy at, uh, on a bliss cruise. He was working a booth for another company 
And I go, I know you. He goes, I don't, I don't know you. I go, I know you. I go, were you at that hotel takeover in Florida? He goes, yeah. I said, was that, that Italian guy stuck in your dip, dick and you ran away? He goes, yeah. I go, oh, my God. That was the bike. <laughs> it was so funny that I saw him three years later. And he's like, I, you know, he goes, yeah, that guy came out of nowhere. <laughs> now, that experience that so you had, really- the experience you had for the first time, which is an amazing experience. Tell me a little bit about the discussions you had with your husband the next morning when you wake up, go, oh, fuck, what did we just do? Yeah, I, I said, I guess we're in it now, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we've, we've, we've gotten past the barrier and we're here and, you know, it's, it's, it really, um, it changed, I think, our relationship, you know, where we had to have rules. We didn't have the rules established. And I didn't realize that at that point that you needed some kind of rules. Uh, it was the couple that we played with that next day that told us, you know what, you're a married couple, you're married a long time, you have to establish rules or else the, the marriage can be damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, if one person goes off and starts screwing around with whoever they want or you know, things are not discussed ahead of time, you're going to have misunderstandings and that's putting your marriage at risk. Mm So we had a quick, like come up with the rules, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, you can't, you can't fuck somebody without the couple there, without us there. You know what I mean? Like you can't go off. um, You can't have a romance with someone unless the other person's involved, you know, that sort of thing. You can't, there's like half, you know, half swinging, full swinging, intercourse no intercourse just oral sex you have to have that all that established you know rubbers making sure everybody wears a rubber Mm -hmm. um you know so that was a necessary conversation that was necessary good and i would suggest everybody have that kind of conversation yeah absolutely i'm glad you i'm glad you're able to explain that because you never know um so listen we're coming to the end of our show this has been an amazing hour and uh, we love chatting with you but if we like to leave our audience with a little bit of advice from you what would you say would be the top two things that a couple could do to spice up their sex life during COVID? Sure. So the advice I would have for everyone is to keep an open mind, have an open dialogue with your partner and try new things, you know, use different products. Don't be intimidated. The worst thing that can happen is, you know, someone doesn't like it and you don't use the product again, but you have to keep an open mind and to keep everything fresh and try new new ways of doing things so that you keep your relationship and passion alive beautiful beautiful well wendy that was a great show thanks so much for all that great information we spoke about the alternative lifestyles sex toys incorporating them into our relationships what we can do during covid why don't you take a minute now and tell everyone how they can find you online social media your website and i think you have a special discount code for everyone out there i do so come and visit us on our website, uh, teddyloveadulttoys.com, and put in the code David and Carol for a 15% discount on all of our products. If you need to reach out to me, you can send an email over to info at teddyloveadulttoys.com. 
Thank you so much for having me as your guest. Our Thank pleasure. You. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you'll be able to just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And of course, Dr. Wendy will have her own space there. And you can even contact her directly from our website. Just want to take a moment to remind everybody about our new partnership with altplayground.net. If you're looking for an online open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area, then just go to altplayground.net playground.net. It's a lifestyle site that is expanding to include lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other like-minded folks. Oh, and of course, remember to stay sexy and stay healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face and practice social distancing. And please continue to wear your mask. And listen to our show, of course, thesexylifestyle.com is our website. And uh, just send us an email if you have any questions at all at ask at carolyndavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. A special thank you to our guest, Dr. Wendy Adams, and especially to you for listening. Uh, Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life. Well, that's it for today, everyone. Remember, of course, stay safe and stay sexy. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.